Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PJC Uncovered podcast. Uh, I'm Rob May, a partner here at PJC. And today, my guest is uh, Matt Hayes, um, one of my partners at PJC, who is normally my co-host. But the reason we're interviewing Matt today is because we've done several uh, podcasts here in this um, you know, COVID uh, mini-series uh, talking about work and the context of coronavirus. And it turns out, as we've been doing these, uh, Matt has actually had the coronavirus. So, uh, so let's start off with, with that. Like Matt, tell us a little bit about the, um, sort of your early symptoms. You and I talked about it and you were like, oh, it's probably just a cold or whatever. Like, how did you find out that you actually had it? Yeah. Thanks, Rob. So what was kind of crazy was, you know, I spent four or five days thinking I had a cold, uh, like a normal cold. I remember over almost two weeks ago now, I was outside and went for a walk and just like, you know, did the whole social distancing thing. And I came back inside and I, I felt like I was kind of like post nasally. Um, but I, you know, I immediately thought like, oh, it was probably allergies because we were on like a, a trail that was like kind of like out in nature. Um, and, you know, over the next few days, I, I got sick, uh, as I would have assumed is like a normal cold. Uh, I didn't, I didn't feel great, but I, you know, I didn't feel horrible. And then, um, you know, a few, about five days, six days in, um, my fiance actually started, she was coughing as well. And it was really funny because she was kind of like, Hey, I need to go get tested for COVID because she's a nurse and she didn't feel comfortable going into work without knowing that the cough that she had wasn't COVID. And, you know, at first I was like, that's crazy. Like what, like, I was like, you're gonna, you're gonna subject yourself to COVID. Like you're going to walk in and you're going to get a test and, you know, you may get COVID when you're actually at the testing facility. Um, and so she went and she got tested and, uh, the next day they called her and they said that she had, she was positive for COVID. And so then, um, you know, I actually ended up getting tested, uh, through MGH, which is where she works. And, uh, you know, cause I had been showing symptoms. I was, I was coughing and, and I wasn't feeling great. Um, and so when I got my test back, that was that was also positive. So then we kind of looked at each other and we had a, you know, almost two weeks of quarantine from that point. But, you know, it was very weird because you kind of go through life and you're like, oh, well, that, you know, that's a cold or that's a cough. And that's not, you know, what they're talking about on television. Uh, and it's a very weird feeling when you're like, oh, I actually have this. And, and what was even crazier was we had been kind of quarantining for a long time. Like we got way ahead of this. And, you know, as of, I haven't gone into the office in Boston, um, since March 9th. And so, um, you know, and I still, you know, stayed at home the majority of those days and still found a way to, to contract it. So, um, I guess what I would say is, you know, it's, it spreads pretty quickly because, you know, we've been, we like have gone to the store and wiped everything down when we were going to the store prior to knowing we had COVID. And we were like very, very meticulous and, and very cognizant of the fact that this is not something to, um, you know, to take lightly and, you know, lo and behold, we had it. Yeah. And, and so now were you only able to get tested because your fiance had it and because she had it at MGH or did you go through a process where like anybody can get tested for it? No, I, I got tested because, um, I, when she was tested positive, I then had a confirmed person who I had been in really close contact that had it and I was showing symptoms. Um, and so at that point they were, they were like comfortable testing me because I kind of checked those boxes, but had, um, you know, the person that I live with not had COVID, 
um, I don't think they would have tested me based on my symptoms, uh, which is because I because I didn't really for I didn't really have a fever. I may have had a fever one day, um, a really low grade fever one day when I was feeling sick. Um, but yeah, I, there weren't the symptoms weren't glaring to me at all. Um, but what did start to happen was, you know, I started to experience a significant amount of fatigue. Um, I'm in pretty good shape. I run like fairly frequently, uh, but it was really weird. I mean, you, you get to a point where you're, you kind of like walk. I remember I had to get something that someone dropped off to me. Uh, so I walked down uh, like my, my back uh, exit of my apartment building with like gloves and a mask on to get the groceries. And I walked back up the stairs and there were two flights of stairs and I got to the top and I was absolutely exhausted. Um, so it was kind of weird, kind of crazy. Yeah. So what was the experience like at its, at its peak, right? When it was like the worst that it was, like how fatigued were you? Um, you know, how much did it disrupt your like sleeping and, and eating routines? And then like, you know, uh, l- luckily we work in an industry where if you're sick like that and you want to, you want to slow down a little bit, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You're not reporting to, you know, stock shelves every day or something where you're, uh, you have to be there. But, um, you know, were you, were you able to get any work done? You know, can you imagine people trying to work when they have something like this? Uh, you know, actually I, I kind of can see how someone would continue to like go through their day to day, just thinking they have a cold. Um, there were two days where I was like pretty beat, uh, and I probably wouldn't have been able to like report to stock a shelf or like do something that was at all like physically strenuous. But, um, I would definitely say the sneakiest part about this, despite the fact that I'm still coughing and am still tired when I wake up in the morning. Um, I, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm like 90% of the way back to being better, but like that 10% is just, it's hard to get past that, that last 10%. Um, you know, I can definitely see how someone would not realize they have COVID and just be like going to work and stuff. There were two or three days where I don't think people would have gone to work based on how I felt. But I think I was fortunate to have like fairly mild symptoms. And, um, you know, it felt like, like, again, it just felt a lot like a cold. Um, although I did lose all sense of taste and smell, um, which wasn't very fun. I lost that for like a full week. And so as you can imagine, like being quarantined in an apartment, um, you know, without being able to taste or smell anything was, was certainly not the, you know, the most enjoyable seven day period I've had in a long time. Yeah. And now when you found out that you had COVID, were you, were you already past the worst of it or was the worst still to come? And did you at any point start to worry of like, Oh man, what if I end up needing a ventilator or or something like that? Yeah. So I, the worst of what I had so I, what I'd say, I'd say it was just different. So when I got tested, I had already experienced the worst of like having a cold, but what sucked was I got, I got a lot more tired and I couldn't smell or taste anything. Um, so I would say like my symptoms were tranched into like two different buckets. Um, it was like a normal cold with fatigue. And then the backside of it was like, the cough just like continued to become more and more irritating. My chest felt uh, like a little bit congested, not heavy though. Luckily I didn't have respiratory problems. Um, and I, you know, I just couldn't smell or taste anything. So like I would kind of divide it, but I do feel like when I, when I got the result, I felt like I had probably already had it for about a week and the worst was behind me. Um, but you do, I will say like, you know, and that's why I actually, we ended up pushing this podcast by, by a week because, you know, I was not feeling great last week, but you know, what's, what's kind of interesting is, you know, you kind of wake up and you're like, 
am I going to wake up 10 or 12 days into testing positive for this? And that's when I'm going to get hit with like the real symptoms. Um, and I think, you know, I'm basically, I'm almost 14 days past my, my, my test and like probably 18 days past initial symptoms. Um, and I'm feeling okay. And so, you know, I think that it's, it's highly likely that I had a very mild case of, of COVID and, you know, over the next week or so I'll shake the rest of this cold and start feeling like I have more energy and and be on the other side of it. But there's definitely like this, uh, this really weird, um, you know, anxious feeling that you get because, you know, you kind of go to sleep and you're like, I wonder what's going to happen when I wake up next. Uh, and it was very weird for, for, a you know, I would say like five to seven days because, you know, I, we weren't feeling great and we would, you know, take a lot of naps and we would go to sleep fairly early and we'd wake up and like, you know, there's that period where like, you don't know if you're getting better or not. And so I, you know, and I think the new, we just actually stopped watching the news altogether because, um, we just felt like it just wasn't productive while we were kind of like fighting the virus that they were talking about on the news all the time. So we definitely, uh, you know, we, we turned the news virtually off except for like, you know, the evening news here and there. Um, but definitely, uh, an, I feel like it's a period where, um, you know, people, when you first get tested, like there's a, you know, it's a scary feeling cause you just, there's, there's so much unknowns, uh, that come with it. Yeah. And did, did you find anything that sort of helped ease your symptoms or that worked better than, you know, anything different than what you would do if you just had a normal cold? So I made it a point to take Mucinex in the morning and at night. Um, I was taking just like cough medication, like a bunch of cough, cough meds. Um, I did, I stayed away from like Tylenol, uh, cause I didn't have a fever and I, I just didn't think it was, I didn't want to just be pumping my body with all types of different medications, but I took Tylenol here and there when I like felt, uh, achy. Um, but I would say, uh, Mucinex was super helpful for us and, uh, just, you know, over the counter cough medicines. Um, but you know, again, like it, it's hard for me to, to totally speak to, um, you know, what would happen if I had experienced the respiratory issues. Um, and thankfully we feel like we're kind of past that, that stage. But, um, you know, I think that would have been a totally different set of feelings that I would have had if I, if I actually felt like I truly was short of breath or, um, you know, felt like I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And so, uh, so are you back now to, now that you're, you're feeling better, you know, are you starting to follow things again? Um, you know, and then I'm, I'm just curious as you've had some time to both experience this and, and think about it, it's been, you know, a couple of weeks since we did our first podcast on this. Um, if your views of, you know, how this ends and when this ends and what we should be worried about, like, has any of that changed as a result of the combination of this experience and the, the time that you had to think about it as well? Yeah, I think, I think early on, I figured, okay, that, you know, you, you're going to know if you have this, right? Like, it seems horrible. They're talking about on the news how like, you know, people are going to the hospital in droves and, you know, it's this terrible thing and, and everyone's going to, you know, w- when you get it, you're going to know. Um, that has been completely flipped upside down for me because I've now talked to people who have, who think they had it, who haven't been able to get tested, who lost their sense of taste and smell, I think, um, w- which is like a, a key indicator. I mean, there aren't that many 30 year olds that just lose all sense of taste and smell for weeks at a time. Um, it, you know, so during a COVID crisis. And so I think, so I think the biggest thing is I, I believe that a lot more people have this or have had this than believe that they've had it. Um, because it, without, uh, my fiance 
having gotten tested and getting a positive result, then basically prompting me to go get tested w- because I had a cough and some symptoms. Uh, it's likely that I, I probably would have never gotten tested and I would still be walking around thinking that I didn't have COVID and I had a cold. And I think the scariest part about that is um, that there are just so many people in this country who have, who have had this and where, you know, the tests tell us a bit of a story, but they don't tell anywhere close to what I think the full story is. And so um, I think, you know, I've thought about the ways in which we get out of this. And I think, you know, obviously a vaccine would be great. Uh, I think the ability to actually treat this virus and understand this virus from, you know, in a hospital setting. I mean, I think half of all hospitalizations or something, some crazy number are resulting in like ICU stays. Uh, And I think that needs to change um, in order for people to have more comfort that if they were to get it, there's a way that they could call their doctor and, you know, they'll feel shitty for a week or two, but, you know, they've figured out a way to kind of like curb some of the respiratory backlash that, you know, that people are getting. Um, But I think the third way uh, that this could change change a lot and the narrative could change really quickly um, is if for some reason the government starts to learn that this is a lot more prevalent than they thought and that a lot more people were actually infected uh, who were either asymptomatic or had very mild symptoms uh, to the point where like they wouldn't have even thought of getting a test. Um, and I think that's a really, uh, you know, that's something that I think is is really probable. Um, because again, I was, and I didn't think that before, I didn't think that there, you know, were more people, many more people that probably had it that, you know, weren't an inevitably going to get tested or figure or kind of, uh, you know, assume that they had it. So I think that there's a world where there's multiple more people that actually have this um, more than 10x, like 30, 40, 50, 100x of what they're, you know, what they currently are reporting of cases. And I think the only way they figure that out is with, um, you know, antibody testing to understand who's actually had it. But I think having experienced uh, a mild version of it, uh, it kind of opened my eyes to say, wow, like there could be a lot of people walking around with this right now that don't know that they have it. And that's why I think like social distancing and staying home is so important because um, I I really do think there's a lot of people that are still walking around with it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's scary. Like after having gotten it, it's, it's when I see people outside, like it's pretty scary because I'm like, there are so many people that could have this and just feel like they have a common cold. Yeah, and so and so let's let's wrap up here a little bit by talking about some of the stuff that has happened in our world um, professionally um, since we did our first podcast on this. So we, you know, we sort of speculated that um, you know ra- financing rounds would be more difficult to get done, that things that were in process would still go through, um, you know, and then a lot of what we talked about was. Um, you know, we, we're looking for, you know, bigger rounds at lower valuations with stronger syndicates, um, to sort of adjust for the, for the additional risk, uh, risk that's in, in the world. And I think we've seen that play out around some of the deals we were looking at and, and, and everything else. And so I'm just curious, uh, you know, what your views are now on, on venture sort of three weeks into this. And, uh, and if you feel any different than, than what we said on the first podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think there's I think there's going to be a lag. I mean, I think there were a lot of people who were probably in the market uh, to fundraising when this first happened. And I think there's there may be a, a, a significant slow in uh, in deal volume. Um, but I also just think it's really hard. I mean, what I've experienced just transparently from a venture standpoint is, you know, there's so many unknowns here that it is really challenging to get 
you know, truly excited about something and move really quickly, uh, you know, towards something when, you know, you look outside and, you know, there's a construction site near my apartment and there's no construction going on. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're unsure as to when, you know, conferences will resume and when people will be able to sit across the table from each other and get to know each other. And I think, you know, that's a, a really, important part of business. Uh, and, you know, relationship building is really important. And I don't think we've, you know, written a check to date, um, or in maybe very few, if we have, I think maybe one or two, but, you know, there's very few situations where we don't meet founders in person before writing a check. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting. We haven't, you know, Rob, we haven't, you know, gone through a full remote process yet, but it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And um, I definitely think it's it's going to be a change. But I think once VCs get their arms around the fact that, you know, maybe there aren't, you know, a, you know, a, a period where you can get drinks or get dinner or get to know someone more personally face to face, then maybe that just means like the process is a bit more drawn out, you know, and you're having more Zoom conversations and Zoom meals and stuff like that. And so I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I definitely will say that it is challenging to just like wrap your head around like invest because we invest in people. And when you don't get a chance to actually sit across from the person that that that's hard and that's definitely a a barrier and so you know hopefully we find ways to to mitigate you know those effects and continue to uh, get to know people um in a very real way but i think it's hard yeah no i that's a great point i i i think of every deal that we've done since i've been at pjc that even started remotely with like you know emails and remote pitches and everything else if we liked it we always um you know, we always talked about whoever's running point, like, look, get on a plane and go visit these people, right? And let's see, uh, let's see what they're like. And let's see if they're because uh, it, it is you're it's you're in these relationships for a long time, long time. And you want to, you want to make sure that you have somebody that you can work with. Um, so, well, cool. Glad you're feeling better, Matt. And, yeah, um, on the other you know, side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. Um, and we, uh, we hope to be back with one or two more episodes, uh, co-hosting about, uh, this COVID, uh, crisis and, um, as part of this mini series and, and hopefully we'll talk about sort of how we come out of this and, and what's next for, um, for venture and what's next for tech and, and what's next for the world. So thanks for listening. If you have questions, um, that you'd like us to ask topics we should talk about, please send those to podcast at pjc.vc.